Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in today. We have an amazing guest, Mamas, today um, on the podcast, Anna Rieger, and we're going to talk about how to keep connection with your family and keep them safe. You might not think that that goes hand in hand, but it does, and Anna is going to tell us all about that in a little while, but let me first tell you who Anna is. So, Anna is a founder and owner of four companies, at, whether it be in real estate, children's apparel, or safety devices, everything she does revolves around her children and her family. Today, Anna is one of Texas's leading entrepreneurs and is paving the way for other women in business. Her story is an inspiration for young women who may feel trapped by circumstances such as poverty and tragedy. Anna says, it doesn't matter where you start, it's all about where you end. And her motto is never give up. So Anna has an incredible inspiration story, inspirational, excuse me, story about all of the hardship and trauma she has overcome. And I'm going to let her tell you all about it um, as it's her story to tell and not mine. So without further ado, welcome, Anna. I'm so blessed to have you here today on the show. Oh, thank you, Britta. I am so honored and grateful to be here today. But yes, um, so I guess I can start with my family. So yeah. I'm, I'm the oldest of six children, actually seven. And uh, I left home when I was 14. We were very, uh, very uh, impoverished. <clears throat> My father was blind and, you know, we didn't have a lot. And so I thought it would be better for my family if I, I left and figured, figured my own way out. And so I did. I left home when I was 14, dropped out of high school, never went to high school. And mm -hmm. I was an honor student in school, in middle school and, and elementary. And went on to uh, a foster mom was taking care of special needs kids, which was really near and dear to my heart. And so yeah. she let me go and help them work there, which is how I basically survived. And um, so I took care of special needs kids until 14, until I was 21. And she encouraged me to go back to school and do something different. And then in that time before, you know, right around the time around 21, I got into a major car accident where mm -hmm. You know, I almost lost my life. They read me my last rites, and somebody did die wow. in that accident. Um, somebody was supposed to be designated designated, and they were not. So I talked mm -hmm. to my kids a lot about that, and even their friends. Um, mm -hmm. And I show them my scars because I have scars everywhere. And so you know, it was a really bad accident. Wow. And I didn't let that you know stop me. My father passed away around that time. Oh. I was working double shifts, and I had to go work double shifts because the person that got in the car accident was my partner and we were living together and he you know was the one that was designated driving and went to jail for killing his best friend which was wow. really hard. and uh so in that I had to work double shifts and I was working all these shifts trying to cover up both sides of the bills and I went to work they called me in because it was a nursing 24 hours and somebody didn't show up and they called me in at one or two in the morning and when I was driving to work I was I had already worked a six hour 12 hour shift and so I fell asleep at the wheel at, hit a ditch and, you know, crushed my face. Um, and so then that started this whole, you know, of course, depression stage. And I finally just said, you know, I wonder if I could go to school, like college, you know? So I mm -hmm. went, went to the Houston Community College. I'm from Houston and uh, tested in, I got my GD and then I tested in to see like, can I go to college? Am I smart enough, right? I, you always doubt, mm -hmm. I doubted myself a lot at that age. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And I'm in the middle of a lot of major surgeries and I go in there and I take the test and I'm at college level at everything except for math. So, wow, I got in and I was shocked. 
And so I ended, that was started my journey in school. And so I was still with the intention of being a nurse. So I wanted to take care of special needs kids. So then I got my associates in science and I decided I want to go to university because I can do it. And I actually got on Dean's list and all these other things that I didn't know, you know, so it was really cool. And yeah. then I get to the university of Houston and I get my bachelor's of science again, thinking I'm going to be a nurse, but then they told me that I needed to do, you know, practicals and all these other things that didn't really fit with my schedule when I was working mm -hmm. the way I was to support myself. Yeah. So I said, you know, I'm just going to take a, a entrepreneurship class and a marketing class and, Lo and behold, I have a minor in entrepreneurship and marketing. And guess what? I have a bachelor's of science with minor in entrepreneurship and marketing. And now I'm in, I have many businesses under my belt, um, which was, you know, at the time devastating for me because I thought I should be a nurse and that was supposed to be my path. But, you know, God had other plans for me. And I truly believe that. And I believe that yeah. he pushed me in the right direction, although I was heartbroken at the time. Mm -hmm. And now I realize that this is really my calling. And then yeah, you know, here I am now, you know, and, and like you said, everything I do revolves around my family and, and family is very important to me. And now I'm in a position to be able to help and support my family, even my brothers and sisters in ways that I never thought I could. That's amazing. That is so amazing. And that's such an inspirational story. There's just been so much that you've been through from a very young age, um, through what was that with the car accidents and stuff? Was that you were in your 20s is that I just turned 21 it was my yeah. first time going out literally to a club my boyfriend oh, talked me to it and it was a week after my actual birthday and I never went out before because I had already lived on my own I mean I right. we yeah. wanted you know and mm -hmm. it was yeah it was really difficult to not have a face because after I got in that accident I couldn't walk or talk and the first accident when they read my last rights I had my liver lacerated so I was oh. in a wheelchair for about a month wow I couldn't talk um, at all oh. And it was really traumatizing for me. And then I watched my friend pass away, you know, and it, it was really hard uh, yeah. to have that survivor's guilt. You know, there is a such thing. Yeah. And my husband has it. Yeah. And so it's just like, why, you know, all these questions, but you know, God, God has me here for a reason again. You know, I truly believe sure. that I was saved for a reason, you know, and I've never been a very big religious, spiritual, a religious person. I am mm -hmm. a very, very spiritual person. And yeah. that, you know, there's everything you believe in. I believe they're all pretty right on, you know? So um, yeah. I think that there is a higher God out, you know, mm -hmm. to protect us and bring us back when we're not ready to go. And it yeah. just my time, you know, and I have to accept that it was somebody else's and not mine. And I think that's what, what gives me the strength to go on, uh, especially, right. you know, and then when you become a mom, your whole life changes and it's not even about you anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for sharing your story. And I know that that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff to talk about that might be hard. So I just appreciate um, just your willingness and your vulnerability in sharing. And it's all of these things have brought you to, you know, some of the things that you're doing today in business, right? So Talk to me about flip lock a little, and we're going to get into the correlation between connection and keeping our kids safe, which I do believe this has to do with flip lock as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with, well, one day I was at my office and I got that alert that no parent wants, right. That there was an active lockdown situation in our area. And yeah. I realized in that moment that I had no clue what my youngest, we have six kids, what the youngest was doing. She was in elementary at the time. 
Like, what mm-hmm. is she supposed to be doing? What um, uh, I don't have a clue. And I yeah. never thought about it. You don't think about it till it hits home. till you get mm-hmm. that out of yourself. And yeah. then I asked her, you know, like, what do you do? Tell mommy what you do at school. And she said, oh, I know. I run in the classroom. My teacher, I get against the wall with my friends. My teacher locks the door. My teacher turns off the light. And I said, that's great, honey. Can you lock the door? And she said, no. I said, how do you know if the door is locked? And she said, oh, mommy, I don't. My teacher does that. And I said, okay, what do you do if your teacher's not with you? And she mm-hmm. did not have an answer for me. And that just scared right. the daylights out of me. And that's where flip lock came into play because I thought if my kid is going to be in the back of a classroom, if my kid is going to be in a classroom, she needs to be able to lock the door as well because mm-hmm. teachers are less than seven or 8% of the population in the school. You have right. one in, in a fight or flight situation that may or may not go into action. So yeah. it's, oh, mommy, like I send my kid here. What, what can we do? What can we do as parents? We're not with them. You know, right. as a parent, what can we do? If your kid calls you right now, mommy, I'm in lockdown. There's only two things that I know you can do. Number one is pray. Number mm-hmm. two is the door locked. Yeah. You know, the last thing as a mom I want to hear is, I don't know, mommy. That's yeah. my answer to me and that's where flip lock for schools was created and then in that it evolved because I have a daughter in her own apartment you know we have kids everywhere and yeah Mr. somebody I'm not going to say a particular person but somebody has a key to her apartment and Mm -hmm. she can shower and they just you you've been young you've been in an apartment they got maintenance they come in you know whatever she could be coming out of the shower and not hear it I mean we've seen these situations hundreds of times so I want to that her house was protected when she goes to sleep and that she had an extra layer of protection. So it was all about my kids. My son's a duck in Oregon right now, you know, and he's got three, you know, they're in that communal space, you know, with three different roommates. Well, I yeah. you know, love everybody. I just don't know them or maybe their boyfriend or their girlfriend or whatever. When he goes to sleep at night, I need him to make sure his bedroom door is secure so that I can go to bed. And that's yeah. where Lock for Homes came in and it's evolved into so much more. I mean, you know, there's just so many things. My mother-in-law had arthritis. We wanted it to be easy for her to lock and unlock. She would not lock her door because she was mm-hmm. so afraid of not being able to unlock it. Because yeah. of that. So it was just all of those things that I always saw as an issue and how do we solve them? And because we had the product, the, the idea of it with the school, it just evolved into so much more for our family. Yeah, that's then- so great. <clears throat> and that's where we started talking about safety with our children, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. what do we do? We have a safe word with, you know, if somebody's supposed to pick them up, they have to have a safe word. Right. What do you do if somebody gets in the house? We have a plan. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Have you talked to your kids about what do you do if there's a fire? I mean, it's, it seems a no brainer, but kids don't, they might hide under their bed. You right. have to talk to your children. You have mm-hmm. to have a plan. Because that's the way you empower them and they're not scared. They know exactly what to do. And I think by doing that, it takes away any stress from them. Like, oh, I I know what I'm going to do. If this happens or that happens, you know, even to the point we're a little extreme, you know, maybe. But if somebody got got into our home, what's the plan? We have a plan. You know, you're not allowed to come out. You're not allowed to do these certain things until you hear this or you do that. We do this. There's certain actions that you need to think about that we don't think about, but I've had a lot of, uh, in our, and I'm from Houston and there have been home invasions and there have been situations mm-hmm. that we never would have thought in a million years would happen. And it's happened to people, you know, even your kids that are driving, you need to pay attention 
to, you know, when you're at the grocery store, you need to pay attention when you're coming home. Is somebody following you? Right. You know, these are things that we know as adults, but we right. have to tell our children, you know, and how yeah. do you do it where it's not scary, you know, mm-hmm. and it's to not be scary, especially for the little kids. And I think that's yeah. important as a parent to find that balance. You know, how do we talk or if we're watching a movie, you see what happened here, you know, we need to figure out, you know, what could they have done differently? And then, you know, and getting their feedback on that. What do they think, you know, yeah. an active member of their safety and security, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. when we get out in the parking lot of a grocery store, you have to get in the car right away and shut the door. Mommy needs you to be safe. If you're not safe, I can't do anything to protect myself. And right. these are just rules I've implemented since my daughter was little because mm-hmm. we've had people get robbed at their car, putting the baby in the seat or the kid in the car because the kid's being unruly. You know, when she was really little, I said, look, this is a dangerous situation. We have to get in the car and go. We mm-hmm. cannot be fighting out here. So if you want to uh, cry, get in the car and we'll cry about it in the car. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's, okay, mommy. And she would get <laughs> We'll, we'll yeah. come in the car and we'll, we'll make up later, you know. Right. <laughs> we'll lock the doors first. And she's like, right. Aw. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's so it's things as as parents, especially of young ones, too. It's difficult to have hard conversations because this would fall into that category of having hard conversations yes. with your kids, right? And or it's just something that like goes over our head because for my generation, and I'm sure yours we didn't talk about a lot of these things. And as the generations go on and on, parents didn't talk to kids about stuff like this. There was this, um, this hush hush about like difficult conversations. We don't talk about these things and the kids will just figure it out, you know? Um, and I'm not saying like necessarily like if a fire happens or something, but I mean, even when I was growing up, so I'm 30, I'll be 39 this year. And we didn't have to worry. Well, a few years after I was out of school, I think I was, and I dropped out of school as well. Um, and then got my GED and, and have some degrees now and stuff, but I was seven. So I was 17 and I was out of school for a year and we did have a school shooting, um, at my high school, but like growing up otherwise, we didn't have to worry about that. That was like really rare that that occurred. It was not so common as it is today. I hate that my four and six-year-old have to have these safety drills about an like for active shooters at schools. I mean, it's just heartbreaking, right? I mean, so I like as a mom of little kids in school, just appreciate that you thought you know, up this amazing product. And I mean, this has become a huge thing for you. You're going to be on QVC for the third time, right? Yes. yes. And they sell like crazy, right? Like these, and and Anna sent me a flip lock product, (laughs) um, which is awesome. I was like super excited to get it. And we're deciding where it's going to be best in our house, but we are going to use it. We haven't put it up yet. Um, I got it like right before Christmas and we had like a bunch of people here and like all of the things. So um, we have it. 
I gave it to my husband and we are like, okay, where is this best going to be put in our house? We have a lot of doors, so <laughs> you could get in and out. So we're not entirely sure. Maybe the back door we might use might be the best like utilization um, to put it, but I'm super excited about it. The product is amazing. It's so well made. Um, so definitely moms look into this product, especially if you have kids, like I have a special needs child with ADHD. He's very impulsive. And since he was young, he could get in and out of anything I've tried to like, he's very highly intelligent. So also, so I, he could get in and out of anything I tried to child proof him, like all of like every child proof product that is on the market, he has figured it out. Then his brother is he's smart, but he's not above average intelligence. Like when you get a, I don't say that because he's my kid. When you get an evaluation for special needs um, and, and neurodivergent, you know, disorders, you get tested for all the things. And one of them is your intelligence level. And he is above average intelligence. My other child is just, you know, I think at average intelligence, he can't figure out the childproof things, but his brother teaches him and I want to yeah. ring his back. To be completely like, stop doing that. This is here to keep him safe, you know? And now we're at a point where it doesn't really matter because he's a little bit older and is not trying to get in and out of things. But he would escape. Like he would get out of everything. Like we would put locks up high on the door and he would still get out. And we like would have to chase him. It was such a stressful time. I mean, now he's approaching seven. We don't really have this issue with him anymore. He's a bit older, but for quite a few years with him, toddler, you know, up until even like a year or two ago, um, he would be escaping our house and getting out. So I wish as a mom, like if you're a mom that has issues with like kids getting out of the in and out of the house, this is an amazing product for you. And just to have that extra level of safety, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. I wish that I had this interview with you and connected with you a few years ago. This would have been such an amazing thing to have then. But I have two other little ones as well. And we live in a very rural area, which is very touristy. Um, not necessarily where we live, um, but we, you know, in our little town. And this time of year, there are break-ins, um, not necessarily where we live, but people break into cottages. They know people aren't there. So it's nerve wracking for me, you know? Um, so to have that extra level of security just for that reason is huge. Um, and I, I just love the product. I'm just so excited to utilize it in my home. So definitely if you need that extra level of security, like if you have situations like Anna has um, where she has kids kind of scattered all over the place because there's six of them and they're all different ages, and especially like you wanting that extra level of safety for your kids. I mean, this is such a good product to have, especially when they have roommates and yeah, I mean, maintenance people do have access to your kids' apartments and, you know, you want to think that everybody is good, but it's not the case, right? So we have to, you know, you can love everybody and still have that level of like, you have to earn my trust, right? Like people have to earn trust. You don't just trust everybody. We can't, unfortunately, we don't live in a world where that's possible. So um, Anna, will you talk to the moms listening today, what the correlation is between connection with your kids 
and keeping our kids safe because that's huge. And I don't think people understand that this is very connected, right? Well, yes. <laughs> I think keeping connection with your children is the priority, right? So yeah. how do we do that? You know, how do we do that? And I have a, a, a coach that I've had for years and she says, you know, if you want to be interesting, get interested. And so you yeah. need to interested in your children you know we you know you get the how is school fine how is this great you know right. you keep those but then you know we have to do those open-ended questions and try to sure. talk to our children but really listen to them not ask them a question and then start talking over them because I know that was a problem with my husband you know myself you know for a while because we moved really fast and we were mm -hmm. you know and when you slow down and really listen you know and then the other thing that I learned which was really helpful for me was uh, their love language, you know, what was their mm -hmm. love language? And you can do yeah. like a test, you know, and they can take it. And then it's like something fun for kids that are a little bit older. But mm -hmm. then I realized my daughter's, you know, what made her feel connected was uh, quality time, you know? And I mean, like you put your phone down and you really sit down and you really spend the time with your child, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe even making a day, you know, like I'm going to spend, you know, to, you know, Saturday, we're going to have, you know, an hour or two, we're going to go do just something together right with you yeah. about you not what we want to go where we want to go eat you know yeah. we'll go to canes and we'll sit in canes and we'll you know go to dave and busters or whatever that is and really make it about that child you know yeah. and even older children you know i don't care if they're we have 28 all the way down and mm -hmm. you know spending that let's go have lunch you know uh what tatiana she lives in uh, thailand once a month we have a zoom call we talk about an hour and just connect and, and find out what's going on, what's working. The questions are what's working, what's not working and where mm -hmm. you need support. Yeah. And, and then the last one is, what do you want to be acknowledged for? And then we all, clap. Love after they acknowledge, everybody claps, you know, we go around and we, you know, and then at, you know, if you can get some kids to dinner and, you know, I want to say one thing we're thankful or grateful for, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then you get to get a little more talk out of them, right? Especially the teenager. I have a 12 year old, so we're pulling teeth right now, but yeah. it's, it's coming around, you know? And mm -hmm. I think when you talk to your kids and you're connected with them and then you can, you know, and the conversation that they're always now willing to talk about is, you know, what happens in school during those situations and, yeah. you know, and then are you, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, what is that, mm -hmm. you know, is there anything that mommy can do to, to help talk you through that, you know, and uh, to help make you feel a little more comfortable and confident in what would happen in that situation. And some of them will say, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know, that's mm -hmm. the teenager. And then some will say, well, I was just wondering what I should do. Some of my friends were in the hallway laying, you know, sat on the floor and were crying and I didn't know what to do. You know, and, I, and that was really hard for me to hear, you know, and, and yeah. you know, like you said, we we did not have to grow up with this. I mean, I got nervous if I left my, you know, my lunch bag at, at home, you know, and right. I mean, that was it. And now I got five year olds telling me that they're scared some bad guys going to come in to hurt them. Right. And, yeah. And, and the first school when I went into, I literally cried because I was like, this is so unfair to our kids. It is to grow up in this, you know, I mean, I wish yeah. we didn't have to do this, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think it's just important to stay connected because there's a, a lot of emotions that we didn't have to deal with, like yeah. anxiety that they're in class and somebody could come in to hurt them and anxiety, mm -hmm. all these things come home to us, but we don't think about those underlying factors, you know, so right. it's very important to stay connected with them and get a pulse on where they are 
with mm-hmm. those type of challenges on top of schoolwork and all those other things, you know? Yeah. I think that if we, you know, really spend a little more time digging deeper underneath the a surface level of, okay, fine. And I got it, mom, you know, then I think we could get our kids a little more empowerment and make them feel like they actually have power in these situations and yeah. that they can actually do something. And mm-hmm. I think by giving them these talks, like I said, you know, they sound, they could sound scary, but you know, your child, you For know, sure. how to talk to your child, mm-hmm. you know, how to say it in a way where it's not scary. When I went into a school, there were five-year-olds and I said, you know, this is to help you so that you mm-hmm. could do something about it. Now you don't even have to think about that no more because you know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Yes, ma'am, we are so happy. We love it, you know? And so for me to see those five, I mean, literally they were five years old mm-hmm. and it just, I literally had to walk out the classroom just talking about it. It makes me sad because oh. it's like, oh my God, you know, we didn't have to go through this. And yeah, our babies, our grandbabies, our children's children are going to grow up with this problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that, doing something like what I'm doing is going to take people. I don't even want to go to that school. That's the goal. The goal is I don't even want to go to that school because they have X, Y, and Z, which means please go somewhere where people can defend themselves. You know, that's my elementary and mess with our babies, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I think uh, just keeping that connection with the kids. And then if you have kids that have friends, you know, I have kids that come over up, they're all ages and some of them were driving and I would go back there and tell them, you know, Hey guys, you know, I know you guys are, you know, young, you're having fun. Y'all probably have something in that water bottle that I don't approve of, but I'm going to tell you, please don't drink and drive because I was in a car accident. This person was designated. I trusted them with my life. Every time you get in a car with somebody, you're trusting them with your life. And when you drive somebody, you're Mm -hmm. taking somebody else's life in your hand. You need to take that seriously because I lost a friend in a car accident to a person that was his best friend and mm. he trusted him and I yeah. trusted him and I almost lost my life because of it. And mm-hmm. so we have those conversations that are hard, but also the kids, I mean, the, all the other kids were like, they, their mouths dropped. They were like, right. oh you know, like really? And I said, yeah. And I started showing them my scars and they were just like, I said, so if you are doing anything you shouldn't be doing, you're welcome to spend the night. Mm-hmm. I will try to get you a ride home, but you're not allowed to please respect that I do not want you driving out of my house. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying you guys are doing anything wrong, but if you do, I just don't want to have anything happen to you guys because your life is so important, mm-hmm. you know, and just telling them that because we don't want, like you said, we don't want parents to, we weren't raised to talk about that. Right. right yeah. Taboo. Like we're going to scare our kids. We're going to do it. No, but they were talking to us about stranger danger. You know, right. kids are just say no to drugs, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have this fentanyl problem where people are mm-hmm. dying just from touching a drug and mm-hmm. kids are experimental, whether you want to believe it or not, they're going to do sure. what they're going to do. Everybody's yeah. done something in their life, whether it was sneaking a drink, a cigarette, whatever that looks like. But you, you know, our kids are out in a world that's just so much, seems so much more scary to me than it was when we were kids. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And even as much as who are you talking to on your, you know, who are your friends, you know, who are these chat yeah. boxes you're on? Because these are people that are actually, trying to take our kids. I mean, yeah. is a real thing. You guys, mm-hmm. it's something we have to tell our kids about. And my kids like, mom, I already know. I go, well, it's my job to go over every time we got to go over the safety rules, safety mm-hmm. rules. We don't go to the restroom by ourselves. We have to go in pairs. You're not allowed to go alone. Got it. Safety mm-hmm. rule. You walk in the parking lot, you hold somebody's hand. You got it. 
mom and God, I mean, literally we do this every time my daughter goes with somebody because I need her to be aware of what the situation is. When you're getting in the car, you and your friends are not playing around. You get in the car, buckle up, and you get ready for the mommy to drive. That's Mm -hmm. teaching them self-awareness. And then in that, they can teach their friends that because they're going to start teaching their friends that. They're going to be kid going, you know, you shouldn't be playing in the parking lot. It's dangerous. You're going to get run over. (laughs) For sure. And it's fine. I think Mm -hmm. the more of those kids that we can have out there supporting the kids that don't always have the parent that's as involved as I am or you Mm -hmm. are. Yeah. Then we can make our kids be in that empowered friend that really can even save a life. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've had kids tell me like, oh my God, I I didn't let my friend, I took his keys and the other kid that went got in a car accident. And I was like, thank God, you know, you know, one conversation can save somebody's life. And that could be, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so true. I was flipped in a car at 16 with my friend and she went into a house and she was going there to drop. I don't even remember why we were there, but she was going inside to drop something off or whatever. And she was in there forever and she had come out and she was drunk. And oh luckily, I mean, we were flipped in a car. We had minor injuries. Um, she got in big trouble. She didn't kill anybody. So she didn't go to jail, but I think she was on probation. She had lots of fines, lost her license. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She got a DWI. Um, And I mean, it's scary. And a lot of us as parents, we want to shy away from having the conversations of like, Hey, I did this as a kid Mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, like want my kids to know this because I don't want them to think something of me. But I really believe that like having these conversations and being like, I don't feel the need to tell my seven-year-old, like my almost seven-year-old or four-year-old this conversation, like this situation. But I certainly am going to talk to them about that when they're teenagers, right? And some of the other things that I did as a teenager, and this is what I did. And this is why I want to protect you. And even with like dropping out of school, um, Mm -hmm. I've talked to like my cousin dropped out of school and her and I were very close. I helped take care of my aunt's kids. And I'm like, Crystal, like, it seems like a good idea at the time, but it isn't, it didn't make life easy for me, you know, and I had to work my butt off at a young Mm -hmm. age and become adult so early and like all of these things. Right. And I've had this conversation with my nephew and with other kids, you know, about, you know, like, yeah, I'm successful now, but I'm raising kids and I'm in grad school and have three little kids. You know what I mean? Like I, if I could do it all over and have that done while I was younger and there's a purpose, I believe that my faith is very, very strong. So I believe I'm right where I am Mm -hmm. exactly supposed to be. And, you know, things happen in our lives so that we can be, um, so we can use them. Right. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't think that as parents, we should shy away from having these difficult conversations. It helps us connect with our kids. Yes. It helps them to be like, wow, my mom is a real person. Like she's experienced these things in life and she doesn't want me to experience these same things. And, you know, coming at them with like this vulnerability, I think that they really appreciate that, especially as teenagers who they're like, you just don't understand what I'm going through. And they're cranky and they're like going through all of these hormones and emotions and (laughs) all of these things themselves. Like 
well, yeah, I do understand what you're going through. This is what happened in my life. And I'm trying to protect you because I don't want this to happen to you just because, you know, my situation, like we were both subjected to our friends being a drunk driver and we have very different stories, right? So we had minor injuries and you almost died. And, you know, there was somebody in that car that died. It's very different, but the the situation started very similar and the circumstances are very different. The story is still impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to share with our kids because we don't want the same thing to happen. And just because that didn't happen to me or my friends doesn't mean it's not, it couldn't happen to my kids and their friends, right? I mean, it could very well end up totally different. It doesn't you know, matter, even as little kids, like my kids will say, well, I did this before and I didn't get hurt. I said, it doesn't mean you can't get hurt this. You need to be careful, you know, in a situation and they're doing something unsafe. Well, I've done this before. I go, yes, you could do it a hundred times before you get hurt. But if you like bang your head on our fireplace, cause they're like roughing around in my living room, just, we have a real stone fireplace it's beautiful. It is dangerous for them to be roughhousing around. I mean, your head's going to get split open if you whack your head on that. This isn't the place for you to be doing that. Take it outside, you know, or whatever. Um, while we've done it a hundred times, it hasn't happened. Well, my kid, my middle child, he slipped. Our floor is very slippery for some reason. It's hardwood floors. And he just had socks on and slipped into the fireplace. A very, It was like very graceful. He hardly touched the fireplace with his head, Anna. I mean, I didn't even hear it and it cut his head oh because it, it's stone, you know, it's has certain edges and stuff. So like, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know, you know, like you, you don't know what's going to happen even if you've done it a hundred times over. And it is important. Like connection is my biggest tool that I give to parents. It is like, it changes behavior. It gets our kids to listen to us. If you don't have a good connected relationship with your kids, a lot of what you say is going to fall on deaf ears. I know that's a hard thing for parents to hear, um, but it's true. If you can spend the time, even, you know, one of the things that I will like teach parents to do as a family and parent educator, it's the first thing I always tell parents to do if I'm coaching them is add in 10 minutes of day, uh, 10 minutes a day, at least, but 10 minutes seems manageable with each of your kids a day doing something that they want to do and connecting with them. And immediately by the next week, our next call, they're like, I mean, it doesn't change everything Mm -hmm. overnight, but it starts to work immediately. Why? Because you're taking that time you're doing what they like to do. You're connecting with them. And we all have that. It is a desire in us as humans to have connection. And we always need to put that connection first so that we can teach them and so that they want to listen to us and to also share those stories, I think is really important. Um, Even though it feels strange to us, maybe because it wasn't something that our parents did with us, but it's something that we need to do as parents moving forward so that our kids can grow and learn. Exactly. Like, for example, I have a great example where, um, <clears throat> first of all, I think my main reason for the, the story about the, uh, the drunk driving 
uh, is they really need to wear their seatbelts, whether they're in the front seat or the back seat, the person that dives yeah. in the back seat. So I'm very advocate, a big advocate on that. I don't move my car until everybody's buckled, but I even mm -hmm. tell them that. But my daughter's 12 and she's going through that hormonal thing. So she had really long hair. We were going to be walking. We were doing a fundraiser for the medical school here. So we were walking in the fashion show, me and my daughter. And I did it because it's my last couple of years with her at an age where she'll do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she had this really beautiful long hair. She's been telling me she wanted her hair cut. And I said, okay. And so she said, mommy, um, I really want to cut my hair. I said, can we just compromise on getting your hair cut to your shoulders? And then after the fashion show, we can cut it as short as you want, right? Mm -hmm. And so she says, uh, okay, so I have the lady. We go cut the hair to the shoulders. That same night, <laughs> this is crazy. The same night, she comes to my room and I, oh, because it's mandatory every night that our daughter has to turn in her electronics and give us a good night kiss. Every mm. night, nine o'clock, out downstairs to my room. We lock them up. That's it. So every mm -hmm. night she has to give mommy and daddy a good night kiss and we give her a hug and we do loving time and cuddle time and all that. And she comes in my room and she's knocking at my door. I'm like, come in. And she's like, mommy, I, I, good night. I said, no, you need to come give mommy a kiss. And she comes <laughs> in to give me a kiss. And she's like, I'm so sorry, mommy. And she starts this whole crying trauma. Uh -huh. And I go, what are you crying about? Because she took the scissors and she decided that she wanted her hair shorter the same day that we oh. went into the, yes. The <laughs> week before the fashion show, yes. Oh, no. And so I just stayed, you know, I, of course, my initial reaction was I just, oh, my God, you know, but I just <laughs> I took a breath and I said, why are you crying, sweetie? I said, my I love my hair. I said, you're going to have to go to school with your hair like that, honey. It's already nine o'clock at night and yeah. it's closed. So now your hair is just a little messed up. <laughs> so, yeah. You made a big girl decision. And yeah. That's a big girl consequence. So. For Mommy sure. And I just gave her the biggest hug. Although oh. my heart was broken in a million pieces. And I yeah. was <laughs> oh my goodness. I stayed so calm. <laughs> she gave me a hug. She was like, okay. I said, so if you like it, mommy likes it. And then, you know, and and go to bed. Good night. I said, and that was yeah. just the hardest thing for me to really just sit in that and let her have that moment. And now, like yesterday, because it's short, and I said, Oh, Leilani, you really got to get your hair cut. And I said, it's just really so growing out. Cause you know, when it's short, you need to cut it again. Oh, oh no, yeah. mom, I'm going to let it grow all the way down to my legs. <laughs> I said, are you sure? Yeah. So see, it worked. If I would have made it real, yeah. right. So I think that the way we handle things is really sure. important. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we're just screaming inside, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so true. But yeah. So, Anna, if as we wrap up today, because we're approaching our time here, if there was one other thing that you could tell moms today um, really quickly, what would that be? I think the most important thing would be to try to give your children hugs. Kids mm. need the intimacy. Yeah. And For even sure. when you wake, when I, I used to wake up my daughter and, hey, wake up, wake up. Now I don't. I literally will climb in the bed, hold her, give her kisses all over her face if I can't climb in the uh -huh. bed. Wake up, sweetie, and hug her. Because yeah. kids need the emotional, even if they don't want to hold, I make her hug me every day. I think that's super <laughs> yeah. important for connection mm -hmm. and just hugging her and telling her her ear how much you love them. Just mm -hmm. tell them how much you love them because that is such an energy filler. It, it fills their cup up and yeah. they just, 
it starts their day off great. And every night, give them a hug. Tell them how much you love them. And if you if they have electronics, text them. Mommy loves you. Mommy mm. loves you. And it just makes them feel good. And I think that that's really one thing that sometimes we get busy and we may not think that just a simple hug does so much. And, and it really yeah. does. Oh, we need that too. Yes. And it feels yeah. good for us. Yeah. It fills our buckets too. There's absolutely research on um, like a 20 second or more hug. And my mom will give me 20 second hugs. I like, it's a thing that I'll pick yeah. on her for, but I really love it. I mean, and I do it with my husband, which feels a little more um, at this age, a little more less awkward. But now that my mom and I, like, I want to give her a 20 second hug or more because I don't see her. We're in different States a lot. But when she first started doing it, I was like, all right, but I was younger too. So. But it's true. 20 seconds. I read that. I did read that. And, and I think it, I, I noticed the difference, like you said, with 10 minutes a day. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it just can be 10 minutes a day. Of course, like, especially like for those of us who have five or six kids, like what if you had five or yeah. six kids at home? Like you ideally would like to give them more time, but that's not always realistic. 10 minutes a day is doable just to give that like, Hey, let's play a game together. Let's do something that you want to do. Let me get in on your video game. Be interested. Even if you aren't ask the curiosity questions, do the things right. So it's really important. Yeah, you could break it up three, you know, three kids this day, every other day. Right. And you still get that time with them because it may For not sure. be possible, but you can right. make it work and structure it in a way where everybody gets what they need to feel. But you can all give all of them a 20 second hug. <laughs> For sure. Every day. Yes. Multiple times. And it is important to tell um, our kids that we love them. That's such good advice. Thank you so much, Anna. So oh. Anna, um, you can... Um, find her product at fliplock.com, right? So if you are interested in that and, um, Anna, is there anything else that you want to share regarding that with, um, our moms listening today before we wrap up here? Sure. You can follow me on Fliplock on Instagram, Fliplock official. And I also uh -huh. have a petition to talk about school safety and change. I think there should be a standard. So if you find it inclined, if you read it to sign it, I'd appreciate that. That would yes. be great. I'm trying that to get school safety standardized across the United States, much like a fire drill. So I hope that that's something we can do because when the situation happened at the bowling alley and there was, a, if there would have been a unique fire alerts, uh, alert system for active threat situation, there would have yeah. been a unique flash for the people that were deaf. And I think that wow. we need to put something in place because we're the 21st we're the United States of America. And I believe that yeah. we can do better. So that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm advocating for on a bigger scale. So um, thank you all so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And really quickly, where do we find that peti uh, petition? Is it at flipflop.com or on your Instagram? It's on, it's on our Instagram on the link link tree. It's okay. on my Anna Rieger official Instagram. So whichever one you want to follow, I'm on LinkedIn, awesome. anywhere you want to follow me, you can contact me directly. I'm always available. So if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Great. Well, Anna, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was so nice. I appreciate this. This was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Until next time, moms, take care and God bless.